Hey there, happy fall. Welcome to the Flow and Flourish podcast. I am your host, Nicole Roan, the Capacity Coach, and I am so grateful that you are in the building today. Thank you for tuning in and for taking really the time to really listen in and get some tips on how to create balance between your personal and professional life by managing your capacity. If this happens to be your very first time listening to the podcast, welcome, 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 welcome to the safe space where we talk openly and honestly about how to manage all the competing priorities in our personal and professional lives and how that impacts our ability to really show up in excellence. We believe that in order to really show up in excellence, you have to understand what's going on in these five different areas of flow. And so if you have not checked out the first couple of episodes, I do encourage you to go back, listen to those so you can understand what I'm talking about. Because if just one of these areas of flow is off track, then listen, your whole capacity is jeopardized. And so for those who have been listening, welcome back, sister friends. I am so glad that you are here. And today, like I tell you every single week, you are in for a treat. I have my girl, the Cassandra Alexis, who is going to be talking to us about how each and every one of us are a business. Now, again, this is whether you are in corporate, you're an entrepreneur, if you are doing a little bit of both. At the end of the day, and I used to say this in corporate all the time, you are a walking brand. You are your brand. And so Cassandra is going to break that down for us. Make sure that you have some pen and paper ready because she drops all kind of goodness. And I honestly, and I guess this is the pattern for this season, I've had to go back and listen again and again and again because there's so much that I missed even during the recording process. So. Let me go ahead and tell you who this episode is being brought to you by. The Balance Booster, which is my 90-minute intensive coaching session, the most highly requested session of most of my clients, where I help you work through one area of flow and figure out what your real priorities are, what's keeping you stuck, and really work together to put a strategy together to help you achieve your goals. This is for all my folks who have a million and one things swirling around in their brain, they don't really know where to start, and are really just looking for someone to help them sort through all of it. You're ready to get unstuck, you're ready to stop having no energy, you're ready to feel fulfilled in your work life and your personal life. That's what this Balance Booster is all about. So go ahead, go to my website or anywhere on social media and book your complimentary capacity check-in so we can really pinpoint which pillar you need the most help in, okay? Now, let me go ahead and read this official bio for you so we can jump into this episode. Cassandra Alexis is the CEO of Opulent Outcomes Coaching and Consulting, LLC, Marketing Strategist and Chief Empowerment Officer to her clients. She is a certified professional coach, has an MBA with dual concentrations in integrated marketing communications and human resources. She is also an accomplished global marketer with more than two decades of experience in 
B2C and B2B marketing for world-class brands like Disney and ExxonMobil. She has worked with many major national retailers, including Barnes & Noble, Toys R Us, and Advanced Auto Parts, just to name a few. She uses this corporate experience to help Black female entrepreneurs to launch and grow their businesses. She also works with small businesses to increase their visibility and exposure so they can reach new audiences in this post-pandemic market. Cassandra is committed to helping empower Black professional women to silence their self-doubts, own their opulence, and market their value so that they can create their own tables in their life and businesses. Cassandra is also the host of the Crowned Opulence podcast, which is a podcast that's geared towards helping Black women get the opulent outcomes that they desire in life and in business through conversations of confronting the hard, messy, and necessary things that we don't really want to talk about. Without further ado, please help me welcome the Cassandra Alexis to the Flow and Flourish podcast. Ma'am, welcome to the Flow and Flourish podcast. I am so happy to have you. Hello, hello, hello. I'm so happy and excited to be here. Thank you. You're so welcome. Looking as lovely as you want to look this evening, girl. (laughs) That black don't crack. Yes, that black don't crack. Tell me about it. Girl, I have been waiting anxiously to get you on here to talk about what we're talking about today, about us really being a brand, right? Whether we are working in corporate, if we're entrepreneurs, just in so many different areas. And so before we jump in, I want you to talk to us a little bit about how you became the CEO, the chief empowerment officer for your clients, really what that means. And then we'll dive into this thing. So I am one of those people that believes that your business comes out of who you are as a person. And so one of the things about me and my own characteristics and my personal life is I am an encourager and I empower my friends and my family. I always speak life into them. And so when I thought about what it was that I wanted to do and just trying to figure out different titles and ways to position myself, when I thought about what the work was that I was doing, it goes beyond being a marketing strategist and teaching you how to become marketing savvy. It's also giving you the confidence to believe in your ability to do the things necessary to build your business, to execute on those marketing strategies that we develop. And I have this mindset that you should live your life as a business. And so if you are living your life as a business and if you are the CEO of your business, Well, just like corporations have chief empowerment officers, what I do is empower my clients. So I'll be your chief empowerment officer. Come on now. Ooh, we listen, really being able to adopt that mindset, right? That you are a business that is so powerful. And I love how you talk about that. It's beyond the marketing piece, right? That you're giving us the confidence to show up and be able to market ourselves and understand our value. And again, this is my HR coming out. So I remember talking about this internally with employees about you are a walking brand, right? So even in corporate, you have to be able to market your skills, know your value and be able to speak to that, to toot your own horn. And a lot of us 
we have some trouble doing that, right? Especially as ladies. <laughs> we do. And I like to say that I do marketing strategy with an empowerment twist mm-hmm. um, because we really do need that. It's something that we're not taught growing up as kids to speak about yourself. It's, you know, being arrogant or conceited. And so we don't really get those opportunities to develop that skill. But you're right. When you go and apply for a job, your resume is a piece of marketing collateral. You're selling yourself to this job. When you go for a promotion, a company that I used to work for, they had an intranet site because they didn't post jobs. And so they would go in when it came to move people into different roles. They would look into the system and see what roles you had with the company. If you happen to have been an experienced hire, what roles you had outside. And even just looking at your quote-unquote profile was what they used to say, hey, this person would be a good candidate for this role. Again, you're being sold, you're being purchased, and you don't even know it. That's what a purchase is. You're opting into buying something to consume something. That's what we do with each other all day long, every day. All day long. And I know you touched on this a little bit. We kind of talked about this before we started recording in that one of the ways that we need to kind of shift our mindset is around realizing that we got to realize we're products, right? Sure. It's not in a sleazy way, but like, exactly. <laughs> not sleazy. No. <laughs> and, and I had to say that because I know somebody is like, girl, I am not no product. Ma'am, yes, you are. I can't <laughs> you be are. You can. You Your are. Job you, they give you that salary, ain't they? You are a product. Yes. Damn. And people don't realize that even outside of work, if you think about the people that are in your life, you pick your mate for a certain reason. You pick your friends for a certain reason. You call a certain friend for a certain reason. If you have a friend, like one of my friends, we've been friends since I was eight years old. She is my, I need to laugh friend. When I want to laugh, I call her. Mm -hmm. She feels a role. She has a purpose. All of us do. Even if it's, I want to go shopping. Who is your shopping friend? You put that person into your life. They stay in your life. They, um, oh my gosh, I just went blank. Job security. (laughs) When you think about your job, you're finding a way to stay valuable and relevant to this company. We do that in our friendships. When people no longer feel the role that we needed them to feel, normally our relationship with them changes. So if you look at it in the grand scheme of things, you're choosing to consume someone and you are being chosen to be consumed. It's just looked at very differently, but that's essentially what we're doing every day. When you friend somebody on social media, you are choosing to consume them. You are consuming their content. (laughs) And everything about them. Oh goodness. And the friend one is so relatable because, you know, like you said, we have those friends, like the ones that make you laugh, the ones that you can call and cry, the ones you can say, look, I need to go bust some windows and slice it. Right. (laughs) Not that we're condoning any of that. I'm just saying. Not at all. (laughs) (laughs) And I just love that you broke it down that way because we are constantly consuming other people and other people are consuming us. And so I love that you broke it down in terms of us being a product. I want to take a step back and have you talk a little bit about opulence 
because you represent opulence. And, you know, if you are open to it, sharing a little bit about your story and how you became this opulence guru that I call you because you exuded in every way possible. I know between some of our personal conversations, we've talked about it. So I would just love to share you with the world and talk a little bit about that. Yes. So it's an interesting story. Um, For as long as I can remember, I've been the bougie friend and I went through a period. (laughs) Yes. I'm sorry. And it's like, that's been a title that people have associated with me forever. And for a long time, I really didn't like it because I knew that it was being used in a negative way, just like we use bougie in the Black community. Mm-hmm. Bougie itself is not a negative word. If you actually look at the true meaning of the word, it just means that you are aspiring to a higher social class. That's it. Well, who don't want to do that? Who want to stay in poverty? Girl, listen, call me bougie all day long. I'm aspiring to a higher social class. Wow. I didn't know that was the definition. And so as I started to understand the word more, I was like, I am bougie. And I did an episode on my podcast called Redefining Bougie. And it really was about the fact that if we take a look at what bougie really means, It's walking in excellence. The people who we say are bougie, they have higher standards. They um, don't settle for certain things. They maybe are constantly educating themselves. They surround themselves with people that can help them advance or who may be on a different level. Um, They like nicer things. They just have certain standards about themselves and they carry themselves in a manner of walking in excellence. Mm -hmm. And as I was preparing to do my podcast, one of my friends said, God told me your word is opulent. And I was like, this was before the podcast. This was not a word that I used. Really? No. She was like, it defines you. And so when I first looked up the word, I was like, hmm. I literally had to like try it on for size. Mm -hmm. And so the word itself it speaks to affluence, luxury, wealth, things like that in terms of the definition of the word. Mm-hmm. I looked at it as luxury to one person is different than someone else. Mm-hmm. For me, luxury may be a Chanel bag flying first class to some European country. To a mom with five kids and a husband, luxury may be taking a bath and being having quiet time listen and so it's really creating that space to define what it means for you but it is celebrating black women as far as how I use it walking in excellence normalizing them living a life of luxury having high standards not settling and whatever and them being able to define what that looks like for them personally like I'll use something that's going on right now There's been a lot of talk about Monique and her commentary on wearing bonnets and their house shoes in the airport. And part of the way that I carry myself, part of what I view as my opulence comes from the way that I was raised. We go back to being a brand. When you step outside your house, you are being categorized as something. Now you can say all day long, hey, 
we shouldn't be stereotyped, but we are. It happens whether we like it or not. Exactly. We do it to everybody else. <laughs> oh, girl, look at her. She thinks she all of that. What did you just do to her? Yep. Consciously and even unconsciously, right? Like exactly. we're judgy people. <laughs> judgy people. And so for me, I believe in carrying myself a certain way, both in how I represent myself physically, how I interact with people. I'm always putting myself and my best foot forward. I have high goals for myself, for those that are around me. And it's just really aspiring to another level. So that's kind of a long answer about what it is and a little bit about my journey, how I got here and what it means. It was important to me to not make it all about money Mm -hmm. because it's not to me about the money. And so I wanted to find a way to define it in a way that it allowed it to be a financial component. That's part of the grandness that comes with opulence. It's over the top. It's grand. And you can't do that without money. (laughs) It costs some things. (laughs) Exactly. It costs some things. But also recognizing that wealth comes in other forms. Mm -hmm. Being healthy, mentally, physically, emotionally. And that comes with being able to not ask for permission and create your own tables. Have the freedom want to be who you were intended to be and not be put into a box that society says you have to fit in. Mm. And so that was how I, I guess, made opulence bigger than just grand, affluent, wealthy by the definition of the word. I love all of that and so many things swirling around in my brain. So I'm trying to pick one. I love how you help us to understand we don't need permission right? To be opulent and that opulence is not just about the financial piece. Yes, it's one component, but as we sit and talk, and even when you think about us being a brand 24 seven, whether you're at work, whether you're at home, I know that I have said to my children and my husband, you cannot go outside looking crazy because you represent me, right? And it's the truth. Any one of them will tell you that. And that is something that I learned growing up as well. Are there times where I've been out in my bonnet? Yes, there there have been. But since I started learning and being in corporate, how much of a brand I am on and off, I'm very cognizant of that. And so I just love that you bring all of that together. And it makes me think specifically in the workplace, right? Are we striving for opulence at work in the things that we do? Because we focusing on workflow pillar in this episode and really thinking about, okay, When it comes to opulence, when it comes to you being a brand, how are you going about making sure that people know your value, right? Like what kinds of mindsets do you have to have? What kind of values need to be in place in order for us to, number one, be in tune with what we're considering to be opulent and making sure that the environments that we're in match that? I know I said a lot, so I'm gonna pause. That is huge. And I feel like, For us, especially as Black women, we juggle so much. And I joke and say, I'm surprised that we're not bipolar because we're constantly switching and changing and doing X, Y, Z to fit the mold that someone else expects us to be. Mm -hmm. That is amazing how we don't lose sight of who we are. And I think that's part of the problem that a lot of times we do lose sight of who we are. Yeah. I would say 
my personal belief is that often, and I'll speak for myself, especially with my last job, I didn't operate in opulence. And what I mean by that was I allowed that job to change me, to fit their mold instead of saying, this no longer fits my mold. I'm going to leave. And it goes back to the money piece. When you are in a position where you have that six, eight, 12 months of income sitting in the bank, you are more likely to be able to say, this no longer suits me. Mm -hmm. I'm going to leave without another job because you have that thing. Yep. But we often don't have that. So oftentimes we come in early, we leave late, we work through lunch, we're stressed out. We take on projects that we know we're not interested in. We take on things that we know are not projects or roles that we know are not aligned to us because we feel like we have to, that we can't say no. We rarely ever push back. We rarely fight for ourselves to get the promotions that we deserve, that we've earned. And I feel like all of that weighs on us. Yes, we come to work and we balls to the wall. We are given 110% (laughs) of what we have. But how much of that really is, are we giving our hearts? Are we happy with what we're doing? Are we fulfilled? Are we enjoying what we're doing? Or is it really about just getting a paycheck so we can survive? And many of us don't have the luxury to find jobs that really make us happy. Mm -hmm. But that's why you're here too, right? This is why we do the things that we do because we need people to understand regardless of the reasons that they may stay in these roles that may be unfulfilling, but paying all the bills in a big way, making six figures and plus, you're still opulent. And you still deserve the best. And to me, as you were talking, all I could think about was alignment and making sure that the places that you are are in alignment with how you want to operate, with how you want to feel. And we're scared sometimes to chase that. But really being able to step back and, like you said, say, you know what? I've outgrown this role. I'm not going to put myself into this mold anymore. I can't, my mental health is not worth it. My emotional health, my physical health, none of that is worth it anymore. And so I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about how do we do that? If for say, we're going to switch roles, right? We're either going into entrepreneurship or we're looking for a promotion outside of that department or even switching companies. I wanted to talk about how do you market your value? So to me, the very first thing in terms of marketing your value is believe it. You have to say it again, please. Believe in it. And to go a step further, you have to decide what that means for you. And then believing that this is what it is. I can have it. I can get it. I may have to do this or that, but this is mine. It's available to me. Um. Being intentional about where it is that you want to go. What is it that you want to accomplish? Seeking out what you need to do that, whether that is skills, resources, people, mentors, putting out there, this is what you want to do. That's the other thing. We, as Black women especially, 
we keep our goals and our wants to ourselves because we mm-hmm. feel like somebody's going to take them from us. And we've been taught that, right? Girl, yes. keep your business to yourself. You don't want nobody poo-pooing on your dreams. Hello. Okay. Or stealing your idea. So you never know who can help you get that job, get that promotion. If you don't say anything, I have worked for two of the biggest companies in the world. Mm. I have not gotten either job through traditional means of going on LinkedIn and filling out, finding the job. Neither job did I ever get that way. They found you, didn't they? (laughs) One was because I actually said, hey, I want to come work there. First, I decided what it was that I wanted years before. And then once things in my life shifted and it was like, okay, now I'm ready for that. I called someone that I had a connection with. Actually, she called on me. I was one of her clients and I started talking to her about it. In the meantime, I had been positioning myself all along. So by the time I got ready to say, I want to work here, I had already proven myself that I was capable of doing the job and the work that I had before and working with them. Mm -hmm. I had been attentional in what it was that I was doing. I showcased my skills, my talents, what I was able to offer and bring that created the opportunity. Then I had to say something. I think those are really important things in marketing your value outside of the traditional marketing of a business. But if you even look at it from that standpoint, when you market something, you create awareness, you showcase the benefits what it can do. You show how it solves a problem that the audience has. You know, you tell them about it. <laughs> you, <Saying> so much. <laughs> you position the product or the service in the place where the people you want to buy it is. You have to position yourself in that place. You can take that and you can apply it to, let's say, dating. First, you got to decide what it is you want. What type of mate you want. First, you got to decide you want to meet. Then you got to decide what type of mate you want. Then you got to believe that you can get him or her. Put, position yourself. You can't sit at home and hope that he just rings your doorbell. Hey, boo, I've been looking for you. <laughs> That's not how this works. <laughs> you may need to run if he do that. He's a <laughs> That's a little bit. Just a smidge. You know, telling God what you want. Speaking on it. Similar steps. Yeah. Position yourself and be ready. You can't sit down all of a sudden, wake up, I'm a wife. It's a whole lot to go into being a wife. It ain't just about cooking, cleaning, and sleeping with them. It's so much. And just, again, so many different things coming up for me that I wanted to ask you how it ties into capacity, but you have really already answered that because it's about making room, right? Making room for what you say that you want. Before you can make room, though, you got to be clear about what it is that you want. I wrote down, you said that you need to believe your value first and foremost, right? Whether that is in a relationship, whether it is at work with your friends, you are a product and or service. And therefore, you have value, right? Yes. And then you said you got to be intentional about what it is that you want. So making the time to really 
sort that out to really think about it, right? Like if you at that no good job and you feel like they don't value you, what kind of job do you want, right? What mm-hmm. kind of environment do you want to be in? What kind of projects do you want to work on? What's going to make you feel fulfilled? So really taking the time to think about that. And then the last one that you said, I wrote down something that I think I've told you before personally, seek what you speak until you see what you say, right? Speak it into existence, talk about it. And I love that you brought up that as women of color, we're often taught that we should not speak about those things Mm -hmm. because somebody can steal it. You don't want nobody to take it from you, all of those different things. And I just love that the way that you've gotten into these two roles that you've been in that you said are the, you know, two of the largest companies in the world have been non-traditional. And it's because you followed these different things, right? You've marketed your value, positioned yourself, and you spoke it. You speak with the secret until you see what you say. (laughs) Absolutely. I'll add this to it. Sometimes we give up when we don't see things in the time in which we expect to see them. Talk about that, girl. And so I'll give an example. So I was still in college and I said, I want to make six figures by the time I'm 30 years old. I'm in college. I don't have a job. I decided what I wanted before I could figure out how to get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As I think about the way that I maneuvered through my career, I didn't get six figures at 30. Mm-hmm. I got six figures at 32 in one month. And you know the one month, of <laughs> course. <laughs> I said 30, I made 32, one month and four hours. No, that's good. Okay, it took me a little bit longer, but can I tell you, did I care? No. Because you got those six figures. And I'm sorry, to make six figures at 32 years old, (laughs) it's a 55-year-old that ain't made six figures. But I didn't lose sight of this is what my dream is. This is what I want. And so I kept working towards it. And so that's something else, just whether it's losing weight or dating, sometimes we give up when we don't see it happening in the time in which we see we want it to happen. And that doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. It doesn't mean that it's not on its way. Keep doing what it is you're doing. We don't have fairy wands. We don't have wands and we're not fairy godmothers. We can't just sprinkle pixie dust on it and it happens. So that's just one thing that I wanted to throw out and to remind people, especially if you're an entrepreneur, because it's real easy to sit down and you come up with your vision board and you come up with your goal and you work hard and you don't see the fruits of your labor right at that time. It's not working. It's going. Mm-hmm. It will happen. Just keep going. I love it because it ties back to two things that you said. Number one, knowing your value, right? Mm -hmm. And understanding that what you bring to the table is more than enough, right? Whether it's at work, in these relationships, in friendships, all of those different things. And I love the example you used about wanting to make six figures by 30. You believed in that thing, right? You believed it wholeheartedly from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet and you work towards it. And I believe that having sight of your value and what you bring to the table and combining that 
with your strong belief of what you can accomplish, what you want to accomplish is what carries you over to the finish line. When it feels like things ain't happening enough, Mm -hmm. especially in an instant society, right? Social media got us tripping. Amazon Prime got us tripping, okay? It takes time, effort, energy, patience, but most importantly, that belief. I love it. Listen. It does. It's all of that. And I want to elaborate also on why it's important. On top of what you just said with marketing your value, when you do that, when you understand your value, it also allows you to know what to say no to that doesn't align to it. So sometimes you may have to go back to go forward, but it allows you to say, is this back step going to enable me to go forward? Or is this a back step that's going to send me back further? Mm-hmm. And so being aware and in alignment to that, it allows you to really be intentional and say, no. This doesn't work for me. I'm not okay with this. And you may be called bougie, a snob. Okay, and that's fine. I'll be that. And then some, but I'm in alignment. I'm not going to settle for nothing. I love that you say you may sometimes have to go backward to go forward. And I think that we too lose sight of that, right? We're looking at it as a fail. Like, I don't want to go backwards. But if it's going to propel you on the path that you're aiming for, it's like a slingshot. You step back and you spring forward. So I love that example. Come Absolutely. on. And I like to define failure. Um, you know, I have to bring in a little hometown here. Come on now. Being from Chicago, I love Michael. Shot in the house, y'all. Listen, I'm yes. Yes. <laughs> Michael is the GOAT. <laughs> Sorry, y'all, you know, LeBron fans. No, Michael. But I love his story and his journey to basketball. People don't know. When he was younger, he actually got cut from his basketball team. Yes. Nobody knows. No one cares. Because whether you believe he's truly the greatest, no one will say he's not among the greatest. And to me, failure is only defined if you quit. If you Mm -hmm. keep going, it's not a failure. It was a learning opportunity. It's only a failure when you quit. And let me define that further. There is a difference. And saying this no longer works for me, I no longer want this. That's not a failure because you didn't, you decided it doesn't work for you. It's not what you want. So if you keep doing it, then you're out of alignment. But if you say, I no longer desire this, and you're truly saying it, not because you're just trying to hide. Mm-hmm. That's different. Because you don't want to do the work. <laughs> right. That's different. Call it what it is. <laughs> but <laughs> as long as you keep going, whether that takes you one time, five times, 10 times, it's not a failure. All of those instances were opportunities that prepared you and made you ready for when you finally do get it. Whether it's solving a problem, whether it's losing weight, a job, making a certain amount of money, relationships, whatever, just keep going. It's only when you stop do you make it a failure. Damn, this is so good. So, 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 so good. And you know, I'm loving the Michael Jordan reference being a fellow Chi-Town lady. Yes, absolutely. And I love how you summarize that our value shows up in so many different areas of us being a brand, right? Mm-hmm. Not just at work, not just in our relationships with other people, even us understanding our own unique value. 
right? And what we bring to the world, our purpose, all of that. But we have to be intentional about understanding that value. And on top of that, marketing it and going for what we want. Because if we don't, we stay unfulfilled. We stay frustrated. We stay underpaid and Mm -hmm. do all these different things that then impact our overall capacity and our ability to show up in excellence, to really be opulent, right? So I love it. Girl, you know, I could talk to you all day long, (laughs) all day long. So I want to ask you the questions that I ask all of the wonderful guests that come from the Flow and Flourish podcast. So when you're ready, I will shoot. I'm ready. Let's go. Number one, if you could go back in time and give the 17-year-old version of yourself one piece of advice and one piece of advice only, what would it be and why? So in front of me, you know, I love all things Coco Chanel. And in front of me is a picture and it says, in order to be irreplaceable, one must be different. And so I would tell my 17-year-old self, don't try to be like the rest of them. Mm, Don't fit in. Nobody said that. I love that. Come on, Coco Chanel. (laughs) That's what I did. I tried for so long to fit in and to be in this mode that everybody thought that I should be, that society thought that I should be. Mm -hmm. Um, And at 17, that's when we're trying to do that, right? We want to do what our friends are doing. We want to, you know, be like everybody else. And so I love that you would tell her, hey, it's okay to stand out. Be your own person. You have to be different. Like, it's okay. I need you to be. Yes. You and thank me. That's, <laughs> yes, and that's the one thing teenagers don't want to be is different. Girl, you know, I didn't cry to you about this 18-year-old over here. So we ain't going to go there. But yeah, <laughs> I love that. All right. Number two, since we're on the Flow and Flourish podcast, tell me one thing you do on a regular basis to make sure that you are able to flow and flourish. So one thing that I do is I love bubble baths and I try very hard to make it intention to take a bath every week. And when I say take a bath, I mean, literally, I have my scented bubbles. I have an entirely black bathroom. The only light is candlelight. I have my music. I have a mimosa or a glass of wine. And I will take and sit there for 30 minutes to an hour. I love it. Girl, I knew we were friends for a reason. I don't take just no regular bath. If I'm going to take a bath, literally, I think I talked about this yesterday. I got rose petals. I got candles. I have scented bubbles, bath sauce, lavender oil, music, a glass of wine. I forgot the bath sauce. And that is so good. And it's so soothing. So I love that. So listen, y'all, if you don't take like an extravagant bath at least once a week, I'm gonna need y'all to do that because I know it helps me to flow and flourish. And I was never, like, I used to just be a shower girl, but- I ain't got time to take no bath. That was me. But now I've even discovered, I have gotten some of my best ideas taking a bath. Yes. And it's almost like when I stop and I just am and I sit, I'm able to receive- I didn't cry, pray, <laughs> everything else. Girl, because it's serenity. You created this safe space for you to just literally let go and let everything go down mm-hmm. the drain, right? Yeah. So 
I love it. Oh, I know somebody going to be like, okay, so rose petals. <laughs> yes. And if you really want to flow and flourish, normally I take a bath on Sundays, but if you really want to do it, take a bath in the middle of the day on like a random weekday if you can. And if you can't because you're at work, do it like a Saturday morning. You're going to be very up tomorrow, Thursday afternoon. Don't play. <laughs> It's a whole nother level of freedom that comes with that. <laughs> I have to try that. I've always wanted to. Now I'm going to put that on my list to do before the end of the year. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. See, okay. you can share it. It's okay. There's enough baths for everybody. For everybody. Listen, the bath industry got plenty of things they want to sell to you. Plenty of products. Okay. Oh, okay. So the last one, I know that we have talked about a ton of things. You've dropped all kinds of gems, diamonds, goodies, all of that. But what is the one thing that you want the listeners to walk away with after listening to this episode? So the one thing that I would want listeners to walk away with is the next time someone asks you, who are you? Don't list I'm a mother, I'm a wife, I'm a daughter, I'm a whatever your job title is, teacher, police officer, attorney, whatever. Tell them who you are. You are funny, you are sophisticated, you're intelligent, you're whatever adjective that is that describes you. When you start to detach yourself from the titles that you wear, Mm -hmm. you allow yourself to connect with who you are, it will help you to identify your value because you will see that without those titles, you're still all these things. Mic drop (laughs) as the kid screams in the back. (laughs) Drop. Clearly they were feeling what you said too, right? That was on cue. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Ma'am, that is so powerful. I just, I'm gonna leave that there. That is so, so powerful. Goodness, goodness, goodness. Thank you so much. I know that this episode is going to be really amazing for everybody because everybody's trying to figure out how to market their value, right? In so many different ways. And if we run our personal lives like a business, that's going to help us to do that. So thank you for the tips. Thank you for all of the information. And before you get out of here, I want you to talk to us about if you have anything going on, how people can find you, work with you. You know, I'm included in the show notes, but just go ahead and tell them because I know somebody's waiting like, oh, I need to work with her. Come on now. Yes, absolutely. So the name of my company is Opulent Outcomes Coaching and Consulting. And like I said earlier, it is marketing strategy with an empowerment twist. So I am all about helping you to silence your self-doubts own your opulence, market your value so that you can create your own tables. I have a a variety of different packages from coaching to consulting offers that really help you in that space. I work with entrepreneurs, both new entrepreneurs who are trying to launch their businesses, as well as those that are already established to grow them. So check me out. My website is CassandraAlexis.com. You can find me on social media Instagram and Facebook at the Cassandra Alexis. You can check out my podcast, Crowned Opulence. And also, 
in a couple of weeks, I'll be adding a new title to my name, and that is published author. I couldn't get off mute fast enough. I'm so excited for you. Thank you. Thank you. I am so excited for this project to drop. It is a collection of stories from Black women around the world. It's called The Unchained Goddess. It drops September 17th. So I am so excited for that project. The stories that these women are telling are incredible. It is all meant to help you to become unchained. So check that out. I am actually doing a giveaway of an autographed copy of the book between now and September 17th. So if you look on uh, Instagram or Facebook, you can get the link to register. It's also on the website. Yes. And I'll give you the link too. I don't know when yes. that's going to come out. Absolutely. Yeah, I cannot wait. This is amazing. You're doing so many good things and changing so many women's lives, literally breaking the chains that we always talk about in our own calls. And I just thank you for doing what you do and helping us to live our opulent lives and show up in excellence and just all of that. You are amazing. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. You are as well, ma'am, because we need to learn how to manage our capacity in these streets. In these capacity streets, okay? (laughs) Overwhelming, overcrowded streets. Ain't they, though? (laughs) What an episode. What an episode. All the information that Cassandra dropped, helping us to really understand how we really are products, right? We are a business, whether we like it or not. People are consuming us personally, professionally. Our lives are a business. And I hope that you got something from that and you understand how to really live your most opulent life, how to embrace the things that you value, and really how to stand up for who you are and what you need and what you want. To me, that's really the essence of marketing our value. In order to market your value, you have to know your value. And in this episode, she just was really able to help us dig really, really deep. So if you do nothing else, make sure you go and you reach out to her in social media and tell her, how this episode is helping you to understand your value and how your life is a business and how moving forward, you're going to learn how to blend the two. Because all of us in this post-pandemic era, honestly, and even before this, we're trying to figure out how to do this, just that. And so I encourage you to reach out to her, reach out to me, let us know, and to share this with other women that you know need to hear this. You are not the only person who is figuring out how to market your value whether you are looking to climb that corporate ladder or you're looking to partner with other people as part of your entrepreneurial efforts. And I'm sure, because you're part of this community already, that there are other sister friends who need to hear this and it may hit different for them. So share, don't hold this to yourself, okay? As for next week, listen, we are celebrating the 50th episode. Can you believe it? Now, I'm always talking about celebrating, and so this episode is really going to be all about celebrating your wins, big, small, all of that. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that next week. 
So make sure that you tune in. You come ready and prepared. I got some good stuff ready for you. Until then, though, I want you to remember that you can have it all. You can have the family. You can have the career. You can have the business. But it's a matter of managing your capacity because you cannot flow and you cannot flourish if you are burnt out, overwhelmed, and exhausted. And this podcast is helping you to be able to do just that. So until next week, make sure that you are practicing awareness of your capacity and that you're taking steps to manage it that suits your lifestyle. Not what your mama say, not what your grandma say, not what your best friend say. Your life is your life and your capacity is yours and to each his own. So I look forward to continuing to helping you do that by being your capacity coach and helping you create that also necessary balance between your personal and your professional life without ever having to sacrifice yourself, your family, and what matters most to you. I will see you next week.